Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. How do you behave when stock markets get choppy? What's your strategy? I was actually thinking the other day when I was out of my boat, I often take my boat outside and, you know, when boaters say outside, they mean out in the ocean. And did you know the ocean actually doesn't care about you? You could be the best sailor in the world or me on a tinny that's too small to go in the ocean, but the ocean doesn't care about me. The ocean's going to do what the ocean's going to do. And I was thinking the stock market doesn't care about you either. The stock market will do what the stock market does. So if you treat the ocean or share market like you're in control and you know what's going on, it's going to turn around and prove to you that you are nothing. We've just had and are going through the cold shower that everyone needs when it comes to their investing, like a humbling experience in the ocean. This podcast is brought to you by our show partner, Tao. Tal, that's T-A-L, want to help increase financial awareness and financial health, and that's why they've partnered with us here at My Millennial Money. Of course, they focus on helping you and your family in your greatest time of need, but understanding good financial health and habits is also crucial to our own health. When we handle our money well, often other areas of our life fall into place. So we're going to take care of good financial habits here on the podcast, and Tal are going to take care of keeping you and your family on track if the worst was to happen. So search Tal online, that's T-A-L, or speak with your financial advisor. If you want to learn more about how Tal can protect your family, if you need an advisor, you can go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help. I'm Glenn James. This is My Millennial Money. Let's get into it. So today on the podcast, we've got John Pigeon. He's the host of the Tuesday show and he's also co-host of the My Millennial Property podcast. John, welcome. Thank you, Glenn. Now, I just had that rant about the ocean doesn't care about anyone. No. It's going to do its thing, right? It is. And the minute that we think we can outsmart it or, Mm. you know, disrespect it, it will turn around and slap you. Yeah. Like the wind will come up, things will change. You know, I'm basically a qualified boater. I've got a boat. You've yeah. got a boat. Yes. Where, you yeah. know, they call me right Admiral <laughs> Glenn and your Lieutenant Seaman, mm. John. Seaman, okay? yes. So, what we do know is you can have all the weather predictions in the world and then you get out there and things change. Mm. So, when, our, when we look at our investing, you know, you can have all these... Uh, forecasts and projections and all that stuff. And we go, okay, well, we're going to really play to these forecasts. We're going to really play to these projections. And then guess what? It all changes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can you can say, well, we're not going out in choppy waters. Um, so, we'll, we'll put that off and go tomorrow when it's better. But it might turn out to be fantastic today. Exactly. So, what I want to kind of just have this chat about 
um, in this episode is some of our financial life jackets. Mm. Because a life jacket, it is a buoyancy device. It keeps our head above water. And actually, it's funny, John, with different life jackets, there's different ratings. So, by law, I don't need a life jacket that's rated for the ocean if I'm just in an estuary inland. Yeah. So, we've got to really think with our investing strategy, whether it is property, whether it is shares or whether it is buying and building your own business, you know, what level of risk do you need to take on? But also what level of buoyancy or protection do you need to protect some downside? Mm. So, I just want to read a couple of things here. You know, the world is going nuts at the moment. You know, the stock market's cooled down. Global markets have cooled down. The feds in America are talking about uh, increasing interest rates. Inflation's going nuts. And I just want to break down a couple of basic concepts because you might be new to the podcast. You might be new to investing. You might have only been an investor in shares for maybe even the last six months. Now, if you found My Millennial Money or another investing podcast or an investing Instagram account six months ago and you started putting money in, you've seen all these green things in your account and things are growing, right? Well, you've been spanked in the last couple of weeks, Mm. okay? So, what we need to do is just need to understand how things work. So, in the stock market, there's a bull market and there's a bear market. So, a bull market is like raging bulls, it's full steam ahead. And then the bear market is, it's cooling off, you know, it's it's re- reducing a period of negative returns. And that's why if you've ever been to uh, Wall Street in New York, there's the big uh, bronze statue of the bull, mm-hmm. okay? So, uh, there's an article that I'm reading, um, it's an opinion piece uh, in the Australian Financial Review by Jeff Sommer. And Jeff talks about uh, bull money and, you know, the bear grip. Since March 2009, when the Fed intervened during the Great Recession, the S&P 500, and that's the index of the top 500 US listed shares on any exchange, the S&P 500 returned 762%, including dividends, through to January this year. Go back a bit further and you'll find that in the 50 years from the start of 1972, the S&P 500 returned more than 18,000%. It may help to keep that history in mind when you contemplate the recent market storms. If you had put 10,000 US dollars in an S&P fund or S&P stocks at the start of 1972 and just left it there, it would be worth more than $1.8 million today. Like, that's wild, right? Time in the market. So... The history of long-term markets, you know, emphatically does not guarantee anything about future returns. And I'll talk about that in a moment, John. And we will get to some property investing stuff because I've got John to prepare some stuff. He sent me a text this morning and he goes, what do you want to talk to? What do you want to talk about today? I'm like, whatever. So. This is it. This is it. We're just whatevering right now. Mm. There is a dark side to periods of excruciating losses known as bear markets are much part of the stock investing world and- not that enjoyable. So, bear markets in the last 50 years include the declines of 34% from February to March 2020, so that COVID thing, 57% from 2020 to 
from 2007 until March 2009, 49% from 2000 until 2002, 34% in, in 1987, 27% in the 80s, you know, 80 to 82, and 48% from 1973 to, to 1974. So what are we getting at, John? Mm. And it just hammers home, doesn't it, that timing the market um, can be volatile and, and just a, a lot of smart people are coming to invest for the first time saying, oh, I want to invest for the long term. If it, if we we get a dip in the market in the next twelve months, I couldn't care less because I've got a long term view of, and that's outstanding for someone that hasn't invested before, isn't it? Yeah, and I, you know, the saying where they go, and this article referenced that like past returns are not a guarantee of future returns, right? That's something that the lawyers made up Correct. when you're investing in products. It's something that we say just to, it's almost like this. Um, <laughs> it's like when I talk about stuff on the podcast, I'm like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. By the way, I'm probably wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. or I'm right, but check with your it's accountant. Co- covering your tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think, and I want everyone to do this. I want you to go to, um, just let's do this live, right? So I'm going to go to Yahoo Finance because it's a free thing. And then, because what I'm going to talk about, John... Do you want to come around to this side of the table, John, so you can see this? Sure. So, I've put S&P 500 in, then we've clicked uh, expand the view. So, we've got this chart up, right? And this chart, it's probably just the screen, but you can see here, John, at the bottom of the screen, 1999, and then it goes up to 2022, right? Yeah. So, I'm going to draw, I'm going to click and you can draw a line. See that, John? Yeah. And then you can move the line... So I'm putting a line kind of almost at the top of the thing and then the line's going down to, you know, 1995. And what we're looking at is, you know, this wiggly line, which is the market since 1995 up to 2022 or far out, we've got to zoom out. It's like, it's just, yeah, 2022, the wiggly line, it goes up and below the straight line but we can see categorically over a longer period of time, the market has increased. Yeah, you're getting good consistent performance over time, but there's some That's volatility right. in the meantime. So, I hypothesize if you're investing in broad indexes that past performance is a bloody great indication of that's future a, performance. That's an awesome starting point. So, that's what I want to kind of just have a bit of a chat around risk mitigation strategies. Um, I want you to really step back and really, really understand that when we invest, we do not want to be investing in growth assets for probably under five to seven years. Mm. Because what happens is, and particularly with this whole COVID thing, John, like the last couple of years with lockdowns, with uh, borders being closed, with governments giving everyone money, it's a fact of life that there is more money in people's pockets in Australia, but also in people's pockets in the States. And when we've got lots of money, most of the time, people want to go, well, I've got money to invest because I want to get more money, I'm going to invest it. And so, basically, more, more money is in the markets, 
which is inflating prices. Now, another thing that I want to just basically say to everybody, the reason that markets have cooled off is because things are starting to get back to normal and the Feds in the US, they're talking about increasing interest rates. Now, as a real layman's terms explanation of what happens when interest rates rises and why it can affect the stock market is, John, if I had $1,000, right, and I could get a high return by investing that in the stock market and there's risk over there, I can't get that higher return by just having it in the bank or with a government bond, for example, because the rates aren't there. But what happens is when governments increase the interest rate at the central bank, it means that I can just park my money in cash or in term deposit or bonds and get a slightly higher return with less risk. Low risk, yep. So conceptually, that's what happens when interest rates start to rise. Mm -hmm. This hunt for yield does cool off a bit. So, I mean, there's a lot to kind of unpack here, but I just wanted to really have this chat around your investing. And I want you to really understand if you are new to investing and you maybe got an app because it said, oh, in the last 12 months, it did 30%. That was really unfortunate that that uh, investment company were advertising that over a 12-month period yeah. because it's just marketing. But we really need to understand that investing is for the long term. And we know, history's told us, I've read those examples of long-term awesome returns, but also pockets of declines. And what I want to do, John, before I um, really open up the conversation with some other risk mitigation strategies... Can I actually get you to come back around here? I just want to show you something. I'm just going to open uh, this share price of Woolworths, okay? Because you hear people go, oh, I buy the dip. I buy the dip, right? So at the moment, we're recording this. It's Thursday, the 27th of January. The Woolworths share price is $34, right? And... And this is if you do single stocks. In fact, we'll do another example as well. So if you were a hardcore Woolworth shareholder and that's all I purchase, like I only purchase Woolworth shares, like I live by the green and die by the green and all that stuff. So you could be like, oh, it's $34 today. In March last year, the Woolworth share price was $43. Oh, it's such a bargain, right? But what if you went back just in the normal course of your investing, the share price was $34 back in 2019. So just because there's a dip now, it's only relatively on sale over the last 12 months. But if you're a long-term investor, it's just the ebbs and flows of the market. Yeah. So also what I'm saying is if we even if we go to the um, ASX 200... I'll just do the bigger shares, A200. Here we go. If we open the ETF here, like sure, the share price for the Beta Shares Australia ETF, uh, Australia Top 200, is $118 right right at today. In March, oh, sorry, in September last year, 
it was $99. And in the course of just normal investing, how come everyone wasn't like, oh, I've just got to buy the Australian market? It's, it's because there hasn't been this um, all of a sudden dip. So when people like, oh, going, I go bargain shopping when the market dips, sure, that's cool. But why weren't you just pumping 10 grand or three grand into it ordinarily mm. last October yeah. when it was $100 a share just in the normal course of events? So we've just got to be looking relatively, relatively, yep. whatever that is. Yeah. It's got and, to be relative. And that's why they always say hindsight, right? Well, you haven't got hindsight when you invest. So you've, you've got to look at where it's come from as a starting point. And this is my whole premise with teaching my millennial money. We've got to do the John of tomorrow a favour today. Because what's going to happen, mark my words, people, I've got my crystal ball here and I'm going to be categorically correct. In 10 years' time, look out for this one, John, it's a banger. In 10 years' time, the Beta Shares Australia 200 ETF, it probably, I said probably just to hit my better bit. <laughs> just to pull, pull back the reins <laughs> yeah, on your bearish right. comments. <laughs> no, they're bullish. A bullish, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon it's going to be more than $118 a unit. So, we've Unless got they've a, had a dip at that time. Unless they've had a dip at that time. <laughs> so I guess what I'm getting at is, and I put in the Facebook group this morning, I wrote this comment, what do you do for work and what do you love as a hobby? And I'm going to read out some things here. Just while I load this, did you want to comment anything of the crazy rant that I've just had. Yeah, no, you've, um, you've started the show off well. Um, I'm, I'm actually reading a book at the moment called Boom Bust mm-hmm. um, and it's House Prices, Banking and the Depression of 2010. It's a second version of a book um, called Boom Bust that was written earlier on in, in life but it talks about this exact thing, about how markets um, play the th- – play the game and there are ups and there's downs and there's volatility and but it, it goes into detail about the reasons for that. Um, so if, you, if you're a nerd into research, then a book like that's outstanding to be able to get a feeling of it, to just have, um, have a, a different angle when you're going to invest as opposed to just uh, looking at the markets right now. Look back 100 years, 200 years, 300 years and see where it's come from and where it is today to get a perspective on what's going to happen in the future. I couldn't agree more, John. Could not agree more. Like just to bring this home, at the moment, the CBA share price is $96, right? It's pretty wild, right? Mm. If I said to you, John, hey, do you want to buy a heap of CBA for $65 a share? Mm-hmm. You do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you should have just bloody started investing in CBA in 2013. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we come back to the fact, well, when's the best time to invest? It's now, when you're ready. Yeah. If you're ready now. And today's highs are tomorrow's lows. Mm. Like, let's have a look at this. This is wild, everyone. And this is, this here is just, world-shattering financial content. That's free. That's free. It's worth exactly what you paid for it. 
In 2013, I just picked this date, the 3rd of the 11th, 2013, the CBA share price was $78. Holy crap. That's the highest it's ever been. Mm. Oh, we've got to look and see if there's a bargain. Oh, and then we fast forward to the start of 14 and it's dropped down. Like it went up from $78. Oh, it's dropped to $73. Buy the dip. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, there's just the emotions setting in. Mm. Um, I remember when... COVID. I'm going to cancel myself after this episode. <laughs> I'm just unhinged. I remember when COVID first hit and we, we were recording some episodes and mm. we, we, we were talking, I suppose we were predicting ourselves what we thought was going to happen. And I remember us talking about, uh, well, whatever happens is going to happen, right? But does that stop you from investing right now? Um, probably not. We continue to invest. And if and if you had that mindset and you invested in March 2021, mm. you would have done very well mm. since then. But if you've sat on the fence but financially you were able to invest, you would have missed out on that 12, to 12 months of growth in most asset classes. Totally. So what, what does that mean? Well, comes back to, well, financially I'm ready. Is my mindset ready to invest? What am I going to invest in? And away I go to have a long-term outcome for that particular asset that I'm investing in. And I I always like to think of our investing as, well, once we've got some good long-term assets in our portfolio, whether that be shares, property, whatever, um, then we might be able to go and play the markets a little bit. And, and do some speculating if you want to with a small portion of the money you've got to play with. But if we're speculating day in, day out, and we're first-time investors, whew, it's, uh, there can be some rough seas out there. So I wanted to bring this little bit home with some of these examples. So I said, what do you do for work and what do you love as a hobby? Hannah Simpson She's an ambulance transport officer and her hobby is horse riding and reading. She says she's not a crazy horse girl. Okay, Hannah, whatever. (laughs) They all say that. Helen Lewis, she's a bookkeeper and business owner and her hobby is renovating. Rihanna Johnson, she's an executive assistant and her hobby is photography. Jeez, we're all the dudes. Nando, he's a pharmacist. What up? How are you? His hobby is indoor soccer. Powder Chock Hollybone. That's a very interesting name. Corporate investigator, that's probably why. Um, <laughs> and they compete in a rodeo. Ashley Mole, laser and dermal, dermal technician. And her hobby at the moment is educating on finance. Nikki Taylor is a paramedic and her hobby is rock climbing. Is there a hobby? Is there a rock climbing place on the coast? An indoor one, there yeah. is. Yeah. Where's that at? Uh, Gosford, West Gosford. Oh, I want to do it. Mm. It's usually for kids. I don't think. Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't so, there, so you're saying there isn't? <laughs> not, not to my knowledge. Uh, Dan Handley says he's a warehouse dock hand and his hobby is dessert making. Cool. I want to hang around there. Yeah, I'm going somewhere with this. Daniel Hayes says he's a psychologist and a city councillor 
hobby is movies and board games. Lexi Sheridan, process engineer, metal urologist. Okay, sorry. I'm not smart enough. <laughs> Hobbies is um, car vinyl wrapping, Sims for build mods, and tutoring. Lawrence Stoker, change and adaption lead. Hobby, sewing, baking, and being a cat, crazy cat lady. She's probably got horses as well. Mm. Um, Jessica Brooke, homelessness caseworker. Hobbies, cooking, traveling, and reading. Paul Spicer. Work, sales and marketing manager, hobby, YouTuber, automotive. Um, and I'm just going to write on this. What's your tube account? I want to check that out. What I'm getting at, John. What are you getting at? This is what I'm getting at. I want all of you people just to focus on what your work is and being the best that you can at that, enjoying life with your hobbies and just throwing money in the index fund and getting on with your life. That's the best return you'll have for your life. We're not looking at the share market daily. We're not getting freaked out when it's red, 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 red. I mean, it makes for good content for influencers on Instagram and us talking about it now. Mm. But you just need to focus on your work. That would be the best investment that you can ever make. Doing really good at your work. What's that? Mm, that? That's mine today. Right. Can I have a look at what you got? Hold? Some greens. So John, John's a bloody ooh, far out. Three million dollars. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. So it's confidential information. Um, just focus on your work. Being really good at your work. Getting more money from your work. Making sure you manage your money well. Spend less than you earn. Invest the rest. Invest it into the market. I categorically believe that past performance is a really good indication of future performance if you're buying the market. <laughs> but, but a lot of us don't want boring. That's the problem. I want my sex and I want my violence. Mm. So when we don't want boring, we're happy to do some boring investing, but we want to get creative. We want to change things. We want to improve things. We want to try and get a better result and a better return. And, and we've got some FOMO because we, we saw that someone got a better return in a quicker time frame than, than us. So we want to chase that as well. But we timed it at the wrong time and it blew up on our face and the journey continues. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm good, really good nervous episode. about putting this episode up <laughs> far out. I'm sorry if there's been no value, but again, I'm a nobody sitting in my garage and I just want to encourage you to don't worry about the hype. Don't worry about the noise. Everything's always on sale Yes, because we're living in your future's past. So, let's talk about some risk mitigation strategies. We will so right after the break. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, we are back. Before we get into risk mitigation strategies, I just want to let everyone know that I firstly want to apologize that I haven't got the crypto uh, live calls up yet. Uh, we couldn't do the webinar at the end of last year because I was sick. Christmas break, uh, our team was having a break. Um, then we had some COVID delays and yeah, we're getting that filmed and everybody who purchased the $11 webinar, you'll automatically be enrolled in the crypto online course because it actually worked out better because I can cover more in an online course that could go for two and a half, three hours where the webinar is kind of like you've really got an hour and a half. So I've put a lot of time into the crypto online course and it's actually better that you are learning about this stuff when all the hypes died down out of the market. Yeah. Because it was so funny, like um, at the end of last year, you know, Nextdoor's cat could have walked into my garage. He walked across the keyboard and become a billionaire. Yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so it's now better that um, we are learning about how the crypto world works and all that stuff mm. when the hype's well out of the market. It's a bit of realism. So, if you're listening to this when the episode's pretty live or anytime, go to mymillennial.money. Um, no, sorry, go to education.mymillennial.money. You'll see the crypto course there. Um, so, what we're doing, we've rewarded everyone who's hung out and um, paid the $11 for the webinar we are selling the crypto online course for a pre-sale price, which I don't know off the top of my head. And then once it goes live in February, um, the price will go up again. So, I'm really sorry. If you did want your $11 back for whatever reason, let us know. Um, Happy to give it to you, but trust me, you'll get $11 worth of value Mm. out of the crypto course. Maybe 12. Maybe 12. So, Again, it's going to be a deep dive uh, and I'm really looking forward. What up, Nath? So, it's okay. We've got Nath in the studio today. It's like our little Jamie. Can you pull up the uh, crypto price, Nath? $33. So, the pre-sale is $33 and does it tell you how much it goes up to? No, no, go up. Read it. Read, no, go down. Buy $33. Oh, yeah, $49. $49. There you go. Thanks, Jamie. Um, <laughs> so, thanks for bringing that up, Nath. Well done, Nath. So, yeah. So, thank you, everyone. That, it's going to be a banging. Um, I'm actually so pumped about doing that online course because I can actually teach the, ba- teach the basic concepts. Mm. Um, if you've already got 50 grand invested in crypto and the world's best thing, well, don't waste your money on me. But 
if you don't already own any crypto coins, if you don't already you know, understand that world, this is for you. It's a beginner's course. It's agnostic to coins. I'll share my view of what I think about it. I just want to teach people about this stuff because mm. it's not going away. No. And I might listen in. I think you should because, and this is the whole thing. Like I've had the weird emails from people like, I can't believe you're talking about crypto. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I can't believe it either, but we're here now. And the whole thing is I would rather teach our audience about crypto than some, mm. you know, person that's trying to just scam you. Shark or whale. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. Risk mitigation strategies. I've written down a couple of things. Yep. But just because we've gone heavy on shares and markets, for the property investors, this is real. And I guess the problem with buying property is because it's such a big, chunky um, investment mm. and transaction. It's good in two ways, both edges of the sword, right? It's good that I buy it. I'm not seeing the price of it every day. Mm, so, I'm not getting freaking emotionally Green tied up on the daily and my emotions are flapping around and yep. I'm not selling it and buying it and change my mind. Yeah. That's the kind of the good part. Mm. The bad part is if you buy a dog of an area, you could- do your ask and be underwater. The cost of getting in and getting out. Yeah, yeah. like, so what do you talk to people about uh, when it comes to risk mitigation with property? Yeah, look, in some ways it's no different to share investing. We've got to understand the difference between fear and risk. Mm. There's a lot of people have a fear of, of investing, but is it real? Mm. And, and what is the actual risk based on the hard facts? Um, so I talk to clients about worst case scenarios. So list for me the top three worst case scenarios that you think you're worried about when you're going to buy property. Um, so I've got four for you that are, are probably the most common. I lose my job. Um, my tenant trashes the property. I've got uh, prolonged vacancy mm. in my property and the interest rate rises. So what can we do to mitigate that risk? Well, I lose my job. That can happen anyway, regardless of whether I'm an investor or not. So I've got my buffers in my life that can help me get through a short period of time and I go and get another one somewhere, depending on my quals and everything else. Uh, my tenant trashes the property. I've got landlord's insurance. Now, some people have a concern around that because it's just something that extra they have to deal with. So it's a mindset thing to understand, oh, I've got to, I've got to make a claim, I've got to deal with the property manager, I've got to, um, I'm annoyed about it, it's frustrating, whatever, but essentially it, it shouldn't cost you too many dollars when something like that happens. Um, vacancy in, in the property that they've bought, well, we can do some research before we buy to check vacancy rates over the last 10 years. That's a pretty good indicator. Uh, but we can also factor that into our cost analysis and, and have it in our buffers and maybe we allocate three, four weeks of uh, vacancy a year before we purchase the property. Because once we've purchased it, obviously it's well and truly too late. And then the last one, interest rate rises. Well, 
in in our control or out of our control, definitely out of our control. So, again, factor that in. Go a percent higher. Is that allow you to sleep at night if we do that? Is it does it need to be two percent higher? Does it need to be half a percent? Whatever we've we've got our buffers there in place for that, um, but also understanding our strategy when it comes to yield and and understanding the cash flow of the property that might be able to uh, absorb some of that interest rate rise. So the 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 before we go through all of that, we we understand what's in our control and what's out of our control, because a lot of us as investors we we worry too much about what's out of our control instead of getting right what's in our control. So the things in our control are the team of people around us. So have we got the right mortgage broker? Have we got the right accountant? Have we got the right uh, property manager, et cetera, et cetera? What, what's our strategy? That's in our control. Our goals and our habits are in our control. Um, our mindset, 100% in our control. Our, our work and um, mitigating the risk of getting sacked at work, that's in our control. Our income and expenses, our, our cash flow of the property, all those things are in our control, how much we spend. Um, so I think focusing on those things before we go externally and say, well, what are the things beyond my control that freak me out a bit? John, there's one thing that, and I, I, I was actually, I wrote something down while you were talking and if it looked like while you were talking that I wasn't paying attention, it's because I was playing pool with a friend. Um, <laughs> I've got game pigeon. Um, um, but I actually did write down when you said control, like people always worry about the stuff they can't control. I actually wrote down, it's like the emotion that we are impacted by loss more than the excitement of gain. Correct. We're just so emotionally fickle, aren't we? Mm, mm. But it's funny, the biggest risk that I want to ask you when it comes to um, property investing, it's what if I pick the wrong property? Mm. Um, And that's the key difference with sharing investing because I can't log in. So I own some real estate investment trusts, which are basically commercial and um, mm. industrial property. And it's a yep. basically a, a basket of different properties. Yep. There's actually no residential property broad market index or ETF that I can buy that I know no. of. I mean, no. I could be wrong. So for me, that's a huge risk of buying the wrong thing. But I will say one thing as well. So I was talking with my sister last week in Queensland and it's just as a wild example and she wants to start a podcast and a true crime podcast and that's why on the Instagram the other day I asked for some true crime things and because I I do want to do like, I was thinking like I'll do My Millennial Murder or something like that. but um, (laughs) Murder, she wrote. So she went out and she bought the microphone. She went out and, you know, all this execution stuff. Mm. And this is the problem. She's like, all they, like, she's just like, oh, how do I do this? How do I do this? And I said, hey, I don't give a crap about any of the recording stuff. I don't give a crap about what you're doing. I need to know the content and what your strategy is. Are you talking um, as a narrator? Are you having people share their stories? Like the execution stuff, mm. buying a microphone and hitting record, mm. that's, a, that's just 
that will work itself out. We've got to go back yeah. to this strategy piece. Yeah. And, and so with the property thing, the number one question that I would probably think is, well, what if I pick the wrong property? Mm. But I want to tell everyone right now, and I think you kind of answered this. You did the um, clarity call with Ella mm. in Brisbane. Lovely lady. I had uh, dinner with her the other night <laughs> in Brisbane. <laughs> you just stalk people. No, I'm friends with her now. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Back off. All right. Um, so- How was she? Yeah, so good. She's just so dialed in. She is. Oh. Yeah. I wish I was like smart when I was that like age, 25. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So last- you, uh, yeah, Keep going. Let me finish. Right on. I want everyone to go For over- yeah. <laughs> yeah. You always butt in, John. <laughs> I want people to go over to the- episode on My Millennial Property, the podcast that John and Emily host. And there's a clarity call recording where John has a clarity call with Ella. And it kind of gets to this point, like, and I don't listen to your podcast, but I listened to this episode because I was just curious of, you know, the whole clarity call. What I talk about. And it was just funny that I'm just listening like, well, get to the point. <laughs> where, do we, where do we buy? Where do we buy? Uh, we all want to look at execution, yeah. not strategy. So, That's the whole right. risk mitigation thing mm. is execution is the last thing you need to worry about. Yeah. And then I actually did a clarity call last on Monday, just gone with um, and in the pre-information form that they give me in preparation for the call, there was a property there listed. And they wanted to talk about should I buy this or should I not? Like we literally spoke about that property for less than five minutes because we hadn't factored in what's my strategy, uh, what's my goals, what do I want long term, what yield do I need, uh, what location, what type of property, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and in the end, the, the answer sorted itself out because we went and backtracked instead of just jumping straight on realestate.com or in this instance, it, it was a uh, developer sending them an opportunity that um, that was basically the first thing that they'd seen and it and it was all nice and glossy and, and thought, oh, well, why not? Looks pretty good. Well, if it looks good, do it. Hmm. So if we go back to the key thing that you need to understand with risk mitigation for property, this is what I'm understanding let's just 100% address the issues that you've got of the things that you can control. Yep. And then that will be a good filter, right? One of the risk mitigation things, and we will wrap up soon because I've got to go and you've got to go. One of the things that I think is a huge risk mitigation strategy with our investing is 100% solidifying our goals and working out what we want to do in our life. Because the other side of the coin, we can invest $100,000, if you've got an inheritance, for example, into shares tomorrow. That's awesome. But there's a risk that you haven't nailed your goals and you want to go overseas next year or you want to buy a house or you're just a bit like floating around and not strategic with what you want to achieve with your life. And you put that hundred grand in the stock market at the end of last year in an ETF, and you're like, "Oh no, I actually do want to buy a house to live in." Oh crap, the market's crapped itself. 
oh, but I want to pull it out now because it's dropped to 90 grand mm. and I want to pull it out now before it goes to 80. So because it's liquid, we can be in and out pretty fast and do our ass. Mm. So that's the one of the biggest things with goals and risk mitigation. Another one is obviously the single stock risk. Like if you want investing risk, go and buy a handful of direct equities. You know, go go and buy, you know, a heap of banks in Australia, go buy Apple, go buy Google, go buy Netflix, go buy all the single stocks and build your own portfolio. Mm. If you want risk mitigation, don't do that. If you want to, again, reduce risk, buy the index. Be okay with index returns. You know, there are active funds that outperform the index. We had Fidelity, one of the, which I think was one of the best interviews. I want you to listen to that with Kate Howard. I did it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, she's an active fund manager. She's got the Fidelity Australian Opportunities Fund. It's an active fund. It outperforms the index. Does it? She's one of the 20% that do. But you still carry a risk that it yeah. won't. Yeah. So if you want to remove that risk, get rid of it. Yeah. Don't, don't do active management. I mean, I've got some active funds. Most of them are index. But I, I just, I want everyone to enjoy this cold shower that we're having. I don't want you yeah. to freak out and sell now. I want you to just hold. I don't even care if, you know, you think it's cheaper and you need to, you know, put extra money in, whatever. Just keep your strategy. If your strategy is I just invest every month into the index fund that I've got, sweet, do that. Yeah. So, I think we, when we use that word, that S word a lot, strategy. Oh, yes. But we've got to go back a step and understand what what is out there as options first, don't we? Absolutely. Because people say, well, what, I don't know what my strategy is. What are my options? So we've got to go and educate ourselves on that, don't we? Yeah, and another thing that I would say that's a risk that you can mitigate is just the volatility risk in your portfolio. So a lot of you guys out there and a lot of you gals who um, have a 100% growth ETF, for example, um, if you look at the Vanguard balanced funds and the Vanguard diversified index funds, you know, their funds like the Vanguard Diversified High Growth Fund will always have a 10% allocation to defensive. So it just smooths out the portfolio. And those who have read my book, Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested, I spend a lot of time showing you live examples about portfolio composition, the smoothing out of returns and modern portfolio theory. So you can absolutely mitigate risk and still have a seat at the investing table. I mitigate risk, you know, with my super. I've got a model portfolio that gets rebalanced whenever they do it. I pay an advisor to manage that so I don't get cute and get my freaking mitts on it. Um, and there's strategic asset allocation to that portfolio. So I'm mitigating a heap of risk. Sure, it's made up of different index funds and all that stuff, but it's not 100% growth. There is a defensive portion. So, I just love talking about all this crap and I'm always happy to be wrong. Well, it's just our opinions. Yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just good to understand and, and if you are an, an investor out there already, fantastic. Just 
do a do a stock take on on what is your strategy and and your long term outcome. If you haven't started yet, then it's just education and and just removing the noise. There's so much noise out there that creates FOMO. I want to finish on a a comment and question. If you go to our Instagram, My Millennial Money, there's a a post there. It's a carousel and it's called Money Tips for Your 30s. And you can read all the money tips. And I've got an image of my sound financial house um, that I wrote the book around and also that it's how I used to teach and, um, and do crap as an advisor. Someone wrote, where are we? Luca Claire wrote, can I ask with the foundation house, how do you go about investing when saving for a house, then raising a family, et cetera, et cetera? I don't understand how people invest while having to save and plan for big life plans. So the Sound Financial House, it's on the premise that I believe we all have foundations that we need, whether it's being consumer debt-free, having a spending plan, having an emergency fund, having your life insurances. If you don't have your life insurances yet, go and listen to episode 414 and 414B on this podcast. It's a deep dive about life, TBD, trauma, income protection, all the good stuff, and also your wills and estate plan. They're the foundations. The slab is super because everyone has super. So there's a fair shot, John, that most Australians need those foundations and most Australians have super. So we've all got foundations and we've all got a slab. Yes. So the question is- Not beer. Not beer. The question is, what do you want your house to look like? And the walls of the house are all the lifestyle goals, everything. And the premise is when we're building our financial life, we build it like we're doing a house. So we do the foundations first, then the slab, then the walls, then the roof. And the problem is people were going out there and building the roof. Well, mm. why are you freaking building the roof where you don't have a slab? slab yeah. <laughs> why are you building the roof when you don't have walls? Yeah. Like, And they're using asbestos. <sighs> Delicious. Oh, so funny. Um, my friend Tim Cooper, and you've met Karina. Uh, yeah. Um, have you? Yeah, I think so. It rings a bell. Yeah, she's been on the podcast. Mm. Anyway, they bought this old house and they're renovating it. And we had a look in the wall. There was like little paper notes from James Hardy <laughs> that says this stuff is cancerous and it will kill you. Oh, wow. It's like they knew. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so the whole thing is we talk about – so Luca talks about um, saving for a house – so, how, how do I go about investing when I'm saving for a house and raising a family? I personally believe saving for a house to live in is a lifestyle goal. Hmm? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. emotion attached to it. Yeah. So, again, I don't want you, Luca, to worry about investing just now if you've got a big lifestyle goal to buy a house to live in and start a family. Now, there's a caveat that as your education grows, you might say, well, I'm just going to start to learn about investing and do $10 a week in this micro-investing app just so I'm learning, but we want to get those big rocks done first. Yeah, totally. But And this is maybe an episode for another day, but the problem with that at the moment is, well, I'm, I need to save 100 grand round figures. 
So I just don't want that 50, 60, 70, 80 just sitting there doing nothing. So I want to go and try and invest it. That That's the... Yeah, here's the episode. Rewind 50 minutes and listen. <laughs> yeah, I know, but, but there's... It's, it's about what you're prepared to do. Are you prepared to lose it? Do you want to put it in a managed fund? Do you want to put it in crypto? Do you want to just leave it in the bank and be content with that? Everyone's different on that. Yeah, love it. All right. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, you've been real. I've been Glenn. He's been John. See you later. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. So Johnson, real talk. Yeah. I got an, a message on LinkedIn this morning. Mm. Let me read it to you. Is that Amy calling? Grab it. I'm just pulling this message up. Yo. Yo. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll be a couple of minutes. All right. We will get Nath to edit out my dress from the after party. <laughs> uh, yeah, LinkedIn. Uh, anyway, it's got a LinkedIn thing. Hey, Glenn. Hope you're well. John has asked me on the MM Property Podcast to talk about our brand. Blah, 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 blah. Can you stop frigging inviting people on the podcast without charging them? <laughs> Depends what the content's about. Gosh. I don't allow them to sell this. Yeah, I know. crap. I just I want the the gold that is their knowledge from yeah. that particular industry. I can get the knowledge. I want their money, mate. <laughs> I can't do everything around here. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to another brand the other day, and I'm like, I can't even upsell you a bonus episode on the Prodi <laughs> podcast because he's already given you one. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's um, let's um, put some rules and regs around this stuff going um, forward. Okay. A couple of other things. Yeah. Um, when you put your shoes and socks on in the morning, yes. Are you like a sock sock shoe shoe or a yeah. sock shoe sock shoe? No, no. Two socks, two two shoes. Interesting. You? Well, I've I'm I'm changing. It's been a bit wild. Usually. I'm sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Mm. Done. Recently, I've caught myself doing sock, shoe, sock, shoe. Really? So, you, it wasn't an intentional change. It no, just happened. It's just happening. So, I don't wow. know if like my thought, I don't know. It's mm. weird. 
You're broadening your horizons as you get older, as you reach your 40. So we'd love to know what you guys do out there. <laughs> right to uh, Sock Sock Shoo Shoo, GPO Box 575 in your capital city. Yeah. And then just another update. I'm holding you here on purpose because it's annoying you, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, I, You know how I cancelled my US trip? Yes. Because I was going to go for six weeks. Yes. I started to get a bit of FOMO because my friend's still going. <laughs> so where are you going? Well, hear me out. So, because I didn't want to be over there for a long time with COVID and all that stuff. Mm. So, what I've decided, I've rebooked my ticket that I'm just going to do the two weeks with Matthew. Okay. You remember Maddie who did the pool episode with you? Yep. Yeah. So, I'm going to go over with him for two weeks. Mm. And I think when I cancelled my ticket, I didn't have my booster shot yet. Right. So, I've got my booster now. So, Good to a little go. bit of extra protection. Mm. Um, so, I'm just going to go out for two weeks. Nice. Um, and you'll extend that for another three. <laughs> nah, I've got too much to do. I've got to, I was going to say, I've got to write this other book, but we're not announcing that yet. Okay, bye. <laughs>